Blog Talk Radio. <coughs> Welcome to the CONCACAF Champions League Review Show. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the CONCACAF Champions League Review Show, semifinal first leg review, as we talk about the four remaining teams inside CONCACAF's International Club Championship that's going to be fought for uh, once again and we have Mexico versus Mexico in one match, Mexico versus MLS in another match, and it's just going to be a, one of those moments where you have to think to yourself, will there be excitement, fun, and interesting moments? Uh, there can be, will be, and of course, once again, uh, VAR involving themselves in some of these great times, so we'll see what happens then. Let's also not forget, ladies and gentlemen, CONCACAF World Cup qualifying final round, the Octagon is nearly here, nearly here. September the 2nd, Thursday night, begins the shindig as eight nations in the regions of North America, Central America, and the Caribbean are going to battle it out, and it's going to have eight sides battling it out to see which three teams automatically go to the World Cup and the fourth place team who will grab the international playoff and what confederation will they face? Will it be against either Africa, Asia, or Oceania? We will find out later on towards the beginning of 2022. Also, those eight nations, once again, Canada, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Honduras, Jamaica, Mexico, Panama, and of course, the United States. It should be exciting. It should be a lot of fun. But we got to talk about Thursday night. We got to talk about Thursday night. And, you know, I have to admit, this new format for now is a little strange. Because in the past, we have seen this CONCACAF Champions League get squeezed into one big sprint. Not a marathon, but a sprint. We have seen end of February, the round of 16. We have seen beginning of March, the quarterfinals. We've seen around the end of March... Uh, beginning of April, you know, the semifinals, and then we go from the end of April to the beginning of May, the finals, the two-legged affair. Now, we saw the round of 16 beginning this past February, and into March, the quarterfinals, and then after the quarterfinals, nothing until these past two days. It felt weird. It felt strange. And I'll be honest with you. I didn't know how that was going to translate for, you know, these four sides, three of them from Mexico, one of them, of course, here in MLS in the Philadelphia Union. And we saw um, on Wednesday night, Monterrey defeating Cruz Azul by a goal to nil. 
And then, of course, this past Thursday night, last night, we saw Club America defeating the Philadelphia Union two goals to nil. It, it, it felt weird. It felt very, very, very weird to see this happen. And, you know, when we are going to get to the new expanded edition of the CONCACAF Champions League, we need to see CONCACAF really do their best to go out and really separate the dates. To go out and make sure all of us will have our fair share of moments to watch this tournament unfold with the brand new group stage matches coming in and the group stage match coming back into the fold of the CONCACAF Champions League. And I know what everyone's going to be thinking. Pray to God, whenever there's a Champions League match in CONCACAF, it does not interfere with UEFA, with their Champions League. Now, let me just say this, and and I want to be clear with everyone here. If by, for some reason, a UEFA Champions League match is being played either at the same time or an hour later, which would be after halftime of a UEFA Champions League match, this is what CBS has been doing with their Paramount Plus app. Go to the match if it's at home or if if it's away and you want to watch it at home, that's fine. Because you can always get back to it later. Or just keep tabs on it on your smartphone while you're at either the home venue or when you're watching it at home from your couch. Because, you know... People, I keep hearing this all the time, you know, when it comes to MLS games being played in the middle of a Premier League day and all this and all that. Well, how can you do this? Don't they know Don't they know what's going on? Why are they doing this? The truth is, is this, that's not Major League Soccer's problem. And if, and if this happens during a UEFA Champions League match and a CONCACAF Champions League match, well, that's not CONCACAF's problem. I'm not saying it's going to happen now, but the truth is is that CONCACAF can only worry about CONCACAF items that are on their Worry about what goes on in UEFA because that's UEFA's business. UEFA should not be worried about what goes on in CONCACAF because that's not their business, just as it's CONCACAF's that, you know, CONCACAF should not worry about what UEFA does in their business. It would be nice if the president of UEFA contacted um, Montagliani and CONCACAF and tell him, hey, listen, would you not have your Champions League matches being played at this time because that would be in the middle of our time. But in UEFA, they're not paying attention to the different time zones going from their continent to our continent. And we have four time zones in our own continent. 
And I understand what everyone is saying, and I understand, well, how about, doesn't anyone want to pay attention? No, no one wants to pay attention. Because they're only worrying about their own situations and their own constituents. That's it. That is it. That is all. You have to look at this, and you have to find a way to understand that this is business. Football is a game, but it's also a business these days. And the money flows. And that's what CONCACAF has been trying to achieve for a very, very long time. So let's hope and understand that we, not just the United States or Mexico, we have to look at all these things as a confederation at the same time. I know we only have to worry about our own situations, but the truth is is that you know, when it comes to the international level, this is where we are in CONCACAF, Confederation of North America, Central America, and Caribbean football. We have to worry about our own backyard before we worry about anybody else's backyard. But the truth is, whoever is worrying about somebody else's backyard, that's FIFA business. Because that's when FIFA comes in and they must pay attention to every confederation, every nation, every country on this planet. They are the world's governing body, and they have to do a job. They have to go out, do a job, and they have to do it the best they can. If not, then they've got to get somebody else to form a new federation to run global soccer, or else it's just not going to work. So that's all I can say, and that's all I can do on that. And uh, We can move on now and have some fun here and some conversation. Well, we're going to go to uh, the Philadelphia area where my colleague Matt Ralph will be joining us right now from the Brotherly Game covering the Philadelphia Union uh, for SB Nation as the Union fall in the first leg by final of two goals to nil to Club America as the Union pay their very first visit to the Estadio Azteca. Matt, good af- good evening, and how are you? I'm doing good, motherfucker. How are you? You ready for practice? Mm-hmm. And that's why I hate jerk-offs. I apologize for uh, for that, but unfortunately... This is the situation that always has to happen. You have a guy that wants to come in and ruin the show. Always wants to come in and ruin a show. Doesn't want to take anything seriously. And it's sad. It's very, very sad. That you have to have a piece of garbage like that calling in just so he can uh, ruin a serious show like this to cover the world's greatest game. But what are you going to do? You always find a schmuck somewhere in the world. Well, anyway, just to finish off once again um, 
you know, this tournament, the way it's been set up, it's going to be interesting to see what will happen. And all you can say is, is that I cannot wait when the new edition comes in in about a year or two when we move on to adding or bringing back the group stage of the CONCACAF Champions League. Because it's going to be exciting and the way things will be, it's going to be fantastic. Fantastic. So... Buckle, buckle up and get ready. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, of course, just to, once again, don't forget, Thursday night, September the 2nd, Champions League comes in. Excuse me, I shouldn't say Champions League. I apologize. Thursday, September the 2nd, uh, World Cup qualifying in the octagon begins. Eight club, eight, eight nations, three automatically go in. The fourth goes to the international playoff. It's going to be exciting, and we're going to see what what's going to happen with some of these managers. Some of them have been in the international game for a long time. Some have not. But we shall see what will happen. We shall see how it's going to happen. It's going to be exciting and fun. It'll be a rip-roaring event. And we're just going to have tons of fun doing this. And don't forget to join me here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash 40 Scenes Fire for USA World Cup qualifying post-match shows as we get ready for a bunch of fun, trying to get as many guests as possible, as we are going to go out and have a bang. And it looks like we have Matt Ralph joining us tonight from the brotherly game of SB Nation covering the Philadelphia Union. And once again, they fall by final of two goals to nil. Matt, good evening, and how are you? Great. Great to be here, as always. Great. Welcome back. Um, Before we even get to the crux of the match... I really thought the union played well. I, I thought they went out there. They tried to do a job. I thought they did their best. I probably you'd say uh, maybe one or two unlucky bounces went their way and they fell to nil. But I really thought the union were up for it. They faced the challenges of the Azteca. And um, I thought Andre Blake had a very good match. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you knew going into it, you know, it had kind of a similar, you kind of expected a similar thing to happen in Atlanta where, you know, initially, you know, in, in that game, Atlanta was just attacking, 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 and spraying shots at Blake. So you, you kind of expected that there was going to be some opportunities early. Um, you know, even though America did kind of sit in and really – were pretty content and, I mean, extremely patient, right? Uh, and just passing mm-hmm. the ball around. I think at one point in the first half they had, like, 73% possession or something like that. So, you, you know, you knew that the chances were going to come. And, you know, Blake, 
I think Blake made one really outstanding save on the night. The other, the other couple of saves were, you know, kind of right at him, you know, more or less routine. But the the goal certainly, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing, there's no keeper in the world that can say, can say that necessarily unless they're like really, really, poor, really very out of position and lucky to know that it's going to deflect the way that it did. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't necessarily, uh, I wouldn't say that the union necessarily played well. Like they barely, they didn't really have much of the ball um, to, and, and just really in terms of the gap, just the gap in talent was just very, very apparent. But I, I, where, where I think the, the union do deserve a lot of credit is that, you know, they faced adversity, like you said, and, and, and they didn't back down and they continued to tr- at least to try to play their game. You know, they were just, they were just very limited. I mean, they had a, they had a chance early, really early in the game, and it, it, it's hard to think of any real clear chances. Like they, they did, they did produce at some moments, but you know, it just, it just never really after that initial chance, it didn't really feel like they were ever going to find a goal in that game. And of course, you know, America probably deserved to win two 0 but not, not the way they got those goals, certainly. Well, I mean, you know, uh, that first goal, I thought. Uh, was hard luck, you know. The free kick hits the Union wall, but the the power of the shot bounced off the Union wall, and the rebound went right back out. And then that, let's be honest, Golazo uh, from Richard Sanchez in the 17th minute—that's a bit hard luck. I know Andre read it a little bit late and just couldn't get to it in time, but. You know, that's one of those bad luck plays that you, you're going to be facing against a team like Club America. And let's be honest, the altitude in the Azteca is absolutely incredibly high. So, you know, I would say hard luck on that one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, and again, I think the you know, going into it, it was hard to really know what to expect from the union. I mean, you knew what the lineup was going to be. You knew – you know, they were going to not have a lot of possession, which they didn't. But, you know, I think the area where they really struggled uh, with with America and just the the way that they were moving the ball, I mean, I think America had 85% pass completion. The Union only had 60, somewhere around 63, 64%. So they, I think when they did get the ball, they, they did struggle a little bit to kind of try to play their game and move the ball. And, and frankly, I mean, Jose Martinez just did not have one of his better games, unfortunately. And, you know, he, yeah, he, he just, so goes Jose sometimes, so goes the union. I think, you know, that was, you know, he's, he's at fault for the, for the, for the second goal. Cause you know, he's, he's whistled for the foul, or at least he's whistled for the penalty after, after video review anyway. So, um, you know, gets a, gets a yellow, Early in, earlier in the match on a, you know, kind of an ill-advised tackle as well. So, you know, it's, it's again, it's, 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 union, it's the union fight, which you want to see. It's the, you know, the early on where, where you thought, oh, wow, because, you know, the, if they can get the press to work, this, this might be an interesting night. And after that early chance where Club America just kind of played the ball right into, into the, into unions, the union press, you know, you didn't see it a lot the rest of the night. I, I thought that would be something that they might be able to capitalize on, be, thinking back to the Portland game when, 
you know, they made a lot of mistakes that Portland was able to force them into. And I, I just thought we'd see more of that from the union. But, again, it was the the patience from Club America and, the, and how content they seemed to just really pass the ball around. And, you know, there were, you know, aside from fouling, there wasn't a lot of things that the union could do to really disrupt, you know, the rhythm and the passing that uh, America was able to, to, to do. No, I agree with you there. Um, you know, the penalty that was eventually called after video review, um, I mean, I'll admit, I, I, go, I went along with you and everyone else. I didn't think it was a penalty at first. I, I thought it was just a clean tackle, or at least he got the ball first and just, you know, didn't touch his man at all. And then all of a sudden you go to video review, and I think – I mean, many people are still probably saying that's not a penalty. Maybe the uh, America attacker was waiting for the trailing leg to hit him, and then he went down, or he was close enough where he can try and get you know to be pulled down on his own. Um, I mean, it, it's harsh. I I would have stuck with the original call. That's just me, of course. But um, it, you know, I think sometimes clear and obvious is not clear and obvious if you saw the replays. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's fair. You know, a lot of times when you get in these situations where, you know, you'll see a lot of these plays where, like, and I say this a lot, where, well, if they call it on the field, there's no way to overturn it, right? <laughs> like, if that's called mm-hmm. a penalty, there's really no way to overturn it. The the really, if you think about like su- supposedly the opposite is supposed to be true. Like, if if you have a penalty where there's no way they're going to be able to overturn it, you should also have no penalty calls where it's really tough to to change it. And and that that wasn't necessarily the case here. I mean, I think he does catch them. I mean, it is a foul. I I would personally like for for him to stay on his feet because I think he has a has a good shot. And then if he gets a goal there, that that's that that seems more more like hey, Club America earned the two 0 lead. Um, again, I think that's the thing that's like the, I think the thing that is disappointing is not that they lost two 0 to Club America because they were outplayed, and you know you you expected them to go in there and and, and not necessarily pick up a win, but to go down two 0 at that moment because you know he scores you know he basically gets. Jose Martinez to slide past him, and he stays he stays up on the contact and then scores a goal there. I think that's just overall that's a better you know especially any neutrals would probably agree that that's a better situation uh, because of where he is in the box and he does you know he does have a a chance to score there if he doesn't uh, hit, if he doesn't go down. But at the same time you know you see you know you're an attacking player you see a, a, a player slide in like that. And you know, you're going to wait for them to slide past you, so you have a chance. And if they catch you, you know that's a, that becomes a question of, you know, they're sort of trained like if you feel any contact at all in the box, go down. So, so you know, I can kind of see that a couple of ways. Um, but you know, again, it's, it's unfortunate. You know, if, if they had scored off the free kick and then they had scored off the off of that chance that kind of create, was created in the box, unfortunately, by Jose giving the ball away. It, even in that, even in the sequence leading up to it, it just it had the, the whole play had the feel of you know someone's gonna someone they're gonna score or someone's gonna get a penalty. Just 
because of the way, you know, Jose tried to do a little too much there, gives the ball away in a really bad spot, and it just, it, it, you know, it just felt like it was, it was, it was heading somewhere that wasn't a good place to be in, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, Olivier Mbizo, uh tough luck losing a tooth like that. My God. I mean, you know, yeah. being a defender is rough work, but my goodness, he's going to look like a hockey player now without a tooth. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's a weird play, right? I mean, I've been thinking about this because obviously a lot of people have said, well, you know, you know, it's a foul. It should have been called a foul. But uh, but people say, well, you know, he lost his tooth. Like, how is that not a foul? It's like, well, no, it's a foul. Um, you can lose your tooth by a, a teammate elbowing you in there. You know, like, it, but the, yeah. the fact that it was a foul and, and he lost his tooth, I think, and then had to leave the game early, which I would argue might have actually been to their benefit the way he's been playing lately. But, you know, and I thought, because I saw Alvis Powell after kind of getting – getting his legs under him uh, after kind of getting beat pretty, pretty bad a, a couple of times. Like he did really recover and have, I thought he had an outstanding game the rest of the way after this, a couple like nervy initial moments with him stepping in the field, which you really can't blame a guy. I mean, I know Powell's experience. He's I think the only player on the team that had played at a second before, but you know, you're, you're coming in. What minute was that? You know, you're coming in off the, off the bed. That, that's not an easy thing to ask a, a, a right back or defender of any kind after, again, with how much possession that America had. So, you know, it's, it's an unfortunate incident. Like I said, it's a foul. You know, it should have been called a foul. There's not really there's not really anything you can review. I, I've seen a lot of people say, well, why wasn't that play looked at? It's like, well, I don't, I don't know what you would actually look at there. Um, I don't think you can review – you know, whether or not something was a foul, you can't, um, but well, where, the right, only you thing change, you can review, the, card, the, the only thing, card on mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mean, the only thing you can review on that one is, is it a red card, not a yellow? They, they, there's no yeah. way you can mm-hmm. review that as a foul. You, there's no way you can review that as a yellow card. It would have to be a very bad, you know, red card challenge to send off the America player. So other than that, look, it's a foul. Yes. Is it a card warranted? No, because that was more accidental than on purpose, to be honest. Yeah. Now, yeah, if you see, if you see in the replay, him kind of pull back his arm and then just like wail him with his elbow, then that's, that's certainly a red card, but that, that wasn't the case in that situation. And yeah, you see that stuff all the time. I don't think I've ever seen a tooth fly out of a player's mouth quite like that before. Not in soccer. Maybe uh, you see that in boxing or, or some other sport. So it, it, mm-hmm. it, it's, a, it's one of those moments certainly Union fans will never forget. It's unfortunate, again, for for Bizo. You know, hopefully he doesn't have a concussion as a result of that. I think Curtin mentioned that as a possibility that he was maybe he's still being evaluated for that after, after the game ended. But, you know, he – you know, it's not surprising he wasn't able to carry on after that. You know, it's a two flying out of your mouth can't, can't be comfortable in any way. You know, I'm sure there's lots of swelling and everything else that happened to him. Uh, You know, you know, kudos to him for trying to gut it out, but you know, it was, 
it was inevitable he was going to have to leave. If he could make it through the first half, maybe maybe it's a better situation for Powell to 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 come on at halftime there. But because uh, you know it doesn't take away one of their turns, but he, he you know he. He, at that point, he's a liability. <laughs> he stays on too much longer. I think it's time for Mbizo to get a Flyers jersey and go to uh, Wells Fargo <laughs> State Arena. I, yes, I think. I look, think he's lost a tooth already. You might happen. as well throw him in there. <laughs> if, if that shows up in the next couple of weeks, I'll have to tell him to give you some credit for for the idea. So. <laughs> Hey, listen. Look, I, I, look. You know, everybody loves hockey. Everybody loves hockey. Loves football. You know, it's almost the same thing. One's on ice. One's on grass. We all know this. Why not go for it? Have a little fun with it. And I mean, you know, he can smile when the camera's got a close-up look on his face, and he can just smile and show the gap. And everyone, oh, look, he's, he can play hockey too. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, Why I, not? I'd hate, Why? Be, I, I'd hate to be someone having having you know. I don't know how. I don't know if he can ice skate, Olivier, but man, he's 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 a big boy. So I don't I don't know. I want him checking me into the boards anytime soon. <laughs> it's Wayne Simmons all over again. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, um, so. You don't have to, you, I mean you're going to have to wait a little bit for the second leg to be played at Subaru Park obviously uh for the uh Champions League against uh, Club America. Uh I, I guess my question to you is this. We all know oh, excuse me. We all know Jim Curtin, you know, he's not going to lay down for Club America obviously back at home. He's going to game plan, he's going to find a way to go out and at least scratch and claw two goals back. What do you think Jim needs to do, go out there with his players to find a way to at least crack uh, the wall and slip in two goals? Because obviously you've got to get two for overtime. Or excuse me, not overtime, but for the penalty kick shootout. You're going to need three to win the match. And if they pull an away goal, you're going to need four. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the Achilles heel of the union has been conceding early goals and you know they had a, they had a chance to be you know go on the front foot which if if Casper gets that flick in you know you, you can't really be too upset with Casper there it's that could have made a better pass he, he plays it behind him I thought it was clever of Casper to try to 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 do what he did to kind of get a flick in into goal but you know if they go up one nil there, that's a, you know it basically changes the entire complexion of the game. So they 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 need an early goal. The earlier the better. If they can come in inside five minutes and just you know, just put one in, then 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 it's game on. And you know it's unfortunate in last night that they weren't able to get a goal because uh, I think. You know, if they 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 get an equalizer and they still you know get that penalty or whatever, it's just it, it it sets things up even more in their favor. But I you know they have some time now. I think I think the time I, I, my worry is that the time will be better for America than it will be for the Union because you know America is only three what three games into their season. They didn't look uh, they didn't they didn't look as sharp as you might expect them to or you might expect them to be. 
after they've they've gotten their season uh, more underway. Uh, but you know, they're also there's also the factor of Gazdag still hopefully you know continuing to improve and and and, and gel more with this team. You know, they're still reeling a little bit from losing Montero. I mean, Montero wasn't going to play anyway because of yellow card accumulation for this game. But, you know, it's, mm-hmm. still, it's still a team that's still fresh off this, you know, this absence of Montero. And, and, and he – I think I read somewhere someone said, you know, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, I don't know how you can underplay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he's one of the best players that's ever played for the team. And, uh, I don't. Maybe maybe it's not as big of a loss as Nagira was a few years ago when he left mid-season, but because the, they have more talent around around him, but it's still a tremendous loss. And so I think I think it'll it'll benefit both teams to have a little more time to to prepare for this, and you know, but also any, a lot of things can happen between now and then in Liga MX and in in MLS where these teams are, are standing. But I do think that. Coming home will be will will be a lift that they need, and having at least you know they they're not gonna maybe they'll have fifty percent of the crowd will be Union fans hopefully you know there's gonna be a lot of American fans there, um, but uh, you know to to sort of start off on a front foot if they can get a goal early then that that then it's game on like I said unfortunately if they continue this trend of conceding early then you know then then there's not really much much left in the game after Club America comes in scores first 20 minutes. It's, it's, it's essentially over at that point. I mean, yeah, one goal and it's done. I mean, you know, it's going to be a very, very long night for for the Union if they're not going to find a way to uh, um, climb back into this one. I mean, look, if they can get a goal early themselves, they'll have a fighting chance as long as they get that opening goal first. And then we'll see what happens. But if they go behind right away uh, and cough up a goal to Club America, no, it's it's completely over, and it's just not worth watching the entire thing. Um, I mean, you have to no cho- you have no choice. But still, though, <laughs> yeah. they pull off the impossible. If they pull off the impossible, though, uh, Matt, you know, the union has done a lot more than maybe uh, I would say other clubs have uh, against you know. Liga MX sides that have done amazing things late in the uh, you know in these tournaments. I mean, I know the Red Bulls only conceded a goal at Guadalajara in the semifinal first leg at the Akron Stadium, and they couldn't get they, they just couldn't find a way to poke, poke home that equalizer. But still, though, um, this is a tall task, and Club America is one of the best sides in all of Liga MX, along with. Obviously, Guadalajara, Chivas, uh, Cruz Azul, um, Monterrey, you know, you can just go on and on and on. And uh, hopefully, you know, the union can pull off a, a big upset if it's possible. Yeah, you know, and uh, it, it is possible, right? I mean, this is this is not, uh, you know, maybe it'll be different in a month, and, and that's where this gets a little tricky, but, you know, the Yes, yes, Club America has a budget that dwarfs the unions. Yes, they have talent and depth that the union don't have. But the union are also a team that, that you know, kind of plays better, it seems, when they have a chip on their shoulder. And, you know, 
the beauty of soccer, and this is why we love knockout competitions, is that you know teams can 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 be well organized, well coached, and 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 pull off a shocker. The the interesting thing for me is that you know that they are coming home. If they, you know if this was a going away down two nil, it would be it would <laughs> today would have been almost like a funeral day for the for the for the Union fans if they were staring at a two nil deficit heading into Azteca. So you know anything can happen at home. This, this team plays well at home. You know this is uh, they have not played well away from home this year. <laughs> so. It's again. It's it's not it's not a huge surprise for them to lose because they've they've lost a few games on the road. And in fact, if if you count all competitions, I think this is their eighth straight road game without a without a win. Uh, you know, they've had some, uh, several draws in there. But you know, and the other thing is the way this competition is, you know, one game final. So you get through, you find a way through, whatever it takes. <laughs> If it's the ugliest soccer game in the history of soccer, you get through to the final, and then and then it's you know anything can happen there. So, uh, you know, LAFC did did kind of show a little bit of the way of how how to you know claw their way into a final last year, and you know obviously very unique circumstances with the tournament the way it was with COVID last year. But it's uh, it's it's not it's not an impossible task, and you know if if if, if there's a team. If there's a team that could pull this off, I think it, it probably is the Union, just because no one gives them a chance, and that's that's kind of where they like to be. Is no one, no one thinking they're going to be able to win. Yeah, exactly. And we'll have to wait and see what's going to happen. And you're going to have to wait till after the international break uh, comes, after those uh, World Cup qualifiers. You'll be hosting them on Wednesday night, September fifteenth. Now, I don't know if this is the correct time. They're saying 9 o'clock at night over at Subaru Park, not 8 o'clock. Is that a misprint, or is that going to be an actual that's 9 o'clock start? No, that's not a misprint. <laughs> it's going to be oh, a my God. <laughs> Nobody, nobody's going to school Thursday. <laughs> Excuse me. Yep, it looks like the school kids will not be staying up all night long for this one, and neither are anyone else because they got to go to work the next day. Everybody is screwed. No, I'm just kidding, but, um, wow, 9 o'clock at night. That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. Thanks for oh the reminder. Oh, my God. <laughs> I gotta mark that on You're my crazy, phone. Matt. You're crazy. No, I'm just messing with you. Uh, yeah, no, I, I can't believe that's going on. Oh my god. Anyway, um, all right. So listen. Um, so I'll talk to you again after uh, the World Cup qualifiers are done uh, when this second leg uh, gets played, and that will be on uh, Fox Sports One. Check your local listings for t- for the channel and the time. <laughs> Matt, all I can say is. <laughs> That's not what I wanted to say, but um, you know, listen. Obviously, the Union are having a good season. Um, good luck in the second leg of the Champions League semis, and uh, I'll talk to you on that Friday of that week. Okay? Yes, I look forward to it. Hopefully, hopefully, there's a there's a positive result to talk about, or at the very least, exactly. you know, you know it, it it was it went down the wire. That's 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 all you can hope for. That's all you can hope for, and that's all you want. All right, Matt, thank you again, and I'll talk to you soon, all right?
Yep, see ya. All right, see you later. Matt Ralph, Brotherly Game, SB Nation, covering the Philadelphia Union. And um, not really too much into the other one. Once again, Monterey defeating Cruz Azul, one goal to nil in the first leg, the home leg for Monterey. Um, Riados, as uh, they go out and they defeat uh, Cruz Azul by final of a goal to nil. So they have a, a goal ahead and Cruz Azul right now has some form of advantage, uh, or at least they're going to be home for the second leg, and that'll be on that Thursday on September the 16th. Now, for those of you wondering about John Jagu, and normally John Jagu does join me to discuss Liga MX sides that are involved in this tournament, John, unfortunately, has a very, very busy schedule now. John is a uh, sports TV producer. He helps out uh, down in Texas uh, with whatever he needs to be helped with. He lives in the Austin area, um, you know, whether it be for – well, now they're no longer Fox Sports. Now it's Bally Sports, whether it be Bally Sports Southwest, uh, you know, Dallas Mavericks, um, you know, baseball and other things. And uh, also soccer. He's also now the uh, production producer for Austin FC games for the local Austin F- for the local Austin TV channels that do produce or broadcast uh, those Austin FC games. So you know, look, good for John. Hopefully, I can get him back on if he's able, if he's if he's available. I would love to have him back on because, in my mind. John Jagu is, um, you know, one of the best guys discussing not just Liga MX and, Me- and clubs from Mexico and, and, of course, the Mexican national team, but, you know, I just think overall he has a, a solid mind and a, and a great brain when it comes to football itself. You know, I miss John not being on the shows, obviously. Hopefully uh, something can uh, be done. If he can, if he's able to come back, I would love to see him. I would love to, for him to come back, obviously. But you know, John's a little bit of a busy man at this point in time. But that's okay. Hopefully, after the inaugural season, maybe just maybe we can get bring John Jagu back and and discuss um, a lot of things involving Liga MX and the CONCACAF Champions League, and, of course, the Mexican national team when we get to World Cup qualifying, and hopefully uh, we're going to have some fun with him again. You know, like I said, if he's available. If not, hopefully we'll get somebody else. But, you know, for now, um, I wish John Jagu the best. Like I said, John is a very good guy. I, I enjoy having John on the show. John is a wonderful person, and uh, I respect him a lot. And hopefully one day I can get down to Austin and we can go to one of his favorite places, whether it be a, a Mexican restaurant, a Mexican bar, or you know, just talk to him uh, before the match. If you know, when the Red Bulls go down to Austin to take on Austin FC, we'll have at the Q2. We'll have to wait for that moment when it does happen. But until then, um, hopefully, like I said, we can get John Jagu back on the shows and have a lot of fun here because it's really going to be. I'll be honest, I, I miss him not being on the on the shows tonight. So we'll see what happens moving forward. Other than that, other than that, um, once again, 
Club America ahead by the Philadelphia Union, two goals to nil. Monterey ahead of Cruz Azul by a goal to nil. The matches for the second leg of the CONCACAF Champions League semifinals. Once again, Wednesday night, September the 15th, Philadelphia Union hosting Club America at Subaru Park. And then it'll be Cruz Azul on Thursday, September the 16th, hosting Monterey in their stadium. And it should be exciting. It should be a lot of fun. And hopefully we will have ourselves a good time. And let's see a great battle going forward. So this will be it for tonight's show. And you can join me this coming Monday night here at blogtalkradio.com forward slash four years teams fire. We'll let you know uh, when guests are coming on. But other than that, it's going to be interesting couple weeks and I'm going to have towards the end of the month, and that will be again on a Monday night on August the 30th, August the 30th. That show, we will be previewing the September games of World Cup qualifying. We will be previewing the games for World Cup qualifying. I'm going to try and bring on as many guests as possible from the different areas of our region, going to try and bring over people for either from, you know, from Canada, uh, from the U.S., Costa Rica, Jamaica, you know, Mexico, Honduras, Panama. We're going to try and bring over anyone and everyone as much as possible. And, of course, we'll also bring over, uh, hopefully, uh, Devin Kerr, who not only does USL championship broadcasts on ESPN plus ESPN as well. He, um, and he also does CONCACAF events for the world feed through Paramount plus app. And of course that's run by CBS through CBS sports. So, and it's going to be exciting. So before we say good night and goodbye, let me get to the schedule for the U S men's national team talking about their first three matches and where you can watch it live. Thursday night, September the 2nd, the United States will be on the road at El Salvador, and that will be at 10 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Pacific start time. That will be seen on both, at the same time, CBS Sports Network and the Paramount Plus app. Then their first home match of World Cup qualifying will be against Canada at 8 o'clock Eastern time, and that will be over at Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee. That can be seen on Fox Sports 1, also Spanish language on Univision and TUDN. And then on Wednesday, September the 8th, at 10 o'clock Eastern Time, 7 o'clock Pacific, it will be the United States on the road at Honduras. And unfortunately, not on national television. It will be on the Paramount Plus app slash CBS Sports. Uh, we don't know if CBS Sports Network will be showing, or will CBS National actually get the opportunity to show it? If it's on the app, it's on the app. There's nothing you can say. There's nothing you can do. And then when we get to October, we'll have more clarity of who will be broadcasting the home games and the away game. Probably all the away games will be through CBS Sports slash Paramount Plus app, as well as, if we get lucky, 
CBS Sports Network. So if you don't have CBS Sports Network um, on your televisions, I know I have it. But if you don't have it, make sure you download Paramount Plus. It's like five ninety nine to purchase, and I have it on my phone. So you can watch CBS Sports shows and streams, and you can also watch games that are being broadcasted on CBS Sports, whether you're able to watch it on the regular TV or you watch it through your web-enabled devices. It's going to be a lot of fun. And also, don't forget, don't forget, after every U.S. Men's National Team World Cup qualifier, either at home or on the road, join me and my panel to recap the games here on the Four Year Scenes Fire American Soccer Show at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Four Year Scenes Fire. Join me uh, for those post match shows. They'll be on at midnight, early Friday morning, right at midnight on September. You know, after the match is done on the second of September, be the, the pregame, the post game show will be on the third of September, and then of course ten o'clock at night on Sunday the 5th, and then, of course, on Wednesday, um, excuse me, Wednesday the 8th, there'll be, once again, after the match is done at midnight, that's when you'll be joining me uh, at midnight on early Friday morning, September the 9th. So get ready. It used to be a marathon. Now it's a sprint. This is going to be Amazing to watch. And let us hope. Let us hope. That the U.S. men's national team will qualify for the World Cup in Qatar. And they can show the world why our talent is improving and doing things a lot better. I want to thank my guest tonight, Matt Ralph from the Brotherly Game, covering the Philadelphia Union for SB Nation. My name is Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you very much for listening to me tonight. And as always, please enjoy your football. Thank you very much. You have a good night. Take care. So long. And bye-bye for now. Have a good night, everyone. Take care. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.